This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, before we get the show started, Horse Radio Network for the first time has a wide selection of Horse Radio Network merchandise available for the holidays. Hats, saddle pads, masks, clothing, mugs, and so much more, either screen printed or embroidered. Get your orders in now for you or your HRN listening friends. Visit horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner on the homepage today. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, there you go. This is Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 10th, 2020. This is episode 2,556. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned... And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Well, welcome back, Karen Chatton. Every month we get together and we geek out on things endurance and things horse in general on the second Mm -hmm. Tuesday. So if you're new, that's when to tune in. Uh, Coming up on today's show, we've got some really interesting guests. Who are they? Well, we have a guest, a mother and daughter duo that just threw caution to the wind and travel and ride their horses while the young daughter is homeschooled, which is kind of a cool thing that a lot of us, I'm sure, and a lot of the listeners wish they could do. The other guest is a rider that rides long distance endurance rides with a Frisian horse that you don't see those a dime a dozen so they're going to be a lot of fun i know yes yeah and at this point in the show we always catch up with karen's adventures last month because your life is the adventure that all of us want to have (laughs) yes vicariously through you karen we do but covid sort of you know like i keep saying hashtag 2020 sucks (laughs) (laughs) oh i don't know you still manage to have adventures we do we do but it's just not quite the same but i know it's not the same for most of us right now things are just um kind of chaotic or you know we're just not getting to do things like usual which well you know this is this is the way i'm looking at it it's no it's no more chaotic than normal it's just that we're sitting at home thinking about the fact that it's chaotic I know. Yeah, there we go. We're wishing we could go do all these things that, you know, it does make you appreciate all the things that we have gotten to do. And hopefully in the future, we'll get to continue to do. But one one of the things you're doing right now is um, working some of the kinks out for Apollo, who is your newest acquisition endurance horse. Give us the two sentence background (laughs) on who Apollo is and then tell us all about what he's getting up to. He's an Anglo-Arab, and he's flea-bitten gray, and he's basically been kind of a pasture ornament for the last five years or so. He's 11 years old, but it's basically like I'm starting with a horse that you, you 
you know, imagine it a chalkboard and you wipe it clean every day and start over. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. He's not the first horse I've had where every day is a brand new day. Every day's, what is that? Um, is it not Groundhog Day? Is it 52 first dates or something like that? It's something like that. Right. <laughs> You're starting all over, reliving, you know. And so, you know, we just had about a foot of snow. We got a really big storm for the first storm of, of the winter for us. Everything is just blanketed and white and frozen and cold. And uh, you would think he had never had a blanket. And for all I know, maybe he never did have a blanket put on him. <laughs> uh, just he let me do it very, very, very carefully. And I did not get as far as doing the back leg straps. I just did the belly straps. Um, and then once he got it on and got warm, he decided it was okay after all. <laughs> you know, so just we're experiencing a bunch of new things between the two of us. With hey, he hey, has uh, something to think about. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I experienced this with a previous horse. Some uh-huh. horses are super, super sensitive to static electricity in their jams. Okay, yes, yes, that would be chief. Uh, he looks like you just basically, um, uh, you know, poked him with a pitchfork in the butt every time if you zap him even just a little bit. And that and, that might be part of Apollo's issue is if even if he didn't experience that now, if he experienced that in his if past, he thinks he's going to get zapped. He thinks he's right. going to get zapped. I ended up with exactly. and this was Beaker, my pre the horse I had before I have uh-huh. Nigel that I have now, who was Mr. Steady Eddie been there, done that like he's the perfect horse that you dream to have. But his, uh-huh. one of his phobias was <laughs> um, getting shocked, shocked by horse clothing. Now, uh-huh. he, unless it shocked him in the head, he stood still for it. He, but you could tell he was like, oh, he stuck, tuck his tail between his legs and he just tense up his entire body. Right, right. Now, if it shocked his head, look yeah. out. The rodeo would happen. Oh, yeah. Talk about side eye. Yeah. <laughs> don't put it over his head. Put it over his back. But anyhow, I what I would do is I would get a coat conditioning product that uh. was not the slippery kind. I happen to use healthy hair care coke conditioner it's the orange one but there's a million and one recipes you can use whatever turns you on it was an oil-based one and i would spray a very very light coat of that onto his back first okay and then it wouldn't shock him when i would take it on and off oh good idea yeah but anyhow besides blanketing are there any other goodies that he's uh trying to figure out right now You, you know he's he's done really well uh, I have been able to actually open and close gates from his back. Oh, wow. That's we're, big. We're, one of the big issues he had is he thought he needed to blast backwards out of a trailer. Oh, that's and never good. That's never good. So we have worked. Of course, right now we're not because I left my ramp down and it now has a foot of snow on oh. it. <laughs> Oops. Duh, Karen. That's yeah. like, you know, we were only supposed to get two or three inches of snow. You know, that's. Yeah. But I should know better, you know, I, I know better. I yes. should have put the ramp. But anyway, we had been working on a regular basis with that, getting him to go out the trailer one step at a time based on what I wanted, not what he wanted. Yeah. And we were making progress there, you know, lots of other little things. He's, you know, uh, we've had a bumper crop of apples this year. So every day I was picking up a handful of apples and tossing them out for the horses so that they would have to go and kind of move around and try to find them. Mm-hmm. 
And every time I throw one, you know, ah! <laughs> he thought you were throwing it at him, not for yes, him. Yes. <laughs> he was just like, I would, I mean, I would throw it near him or under him or by him, you know, but like chief would just, he turns like a dog. He will run after an apple and chase it like a dog after a ball. But Apollo was like, you would think he was in a horror house of, you know, like one of the um, haunted houses. Like he, he'd see an apple and go, ah! He has, not ex- he has never like, experienced food flying toward his, flying, towards him before. Flying towards him or near him. So, yeah. uh, you know, he's getting used to, you know, I, I probably have overwhelmed him a little bit because he's gotten, ex- you know, exposed to so much in, you know, such a short period of time. So many things and mm-hmm. so many expectations out of him and stuff like that. So, um, you know, his ground manners are really good. He's great about that. Um, you know, he's had some bruising growing out in his front feet, which has caused him to be a little bit moody about having me work on his front, front feet. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, but we're working through that. He's just about had had that all grown out. And so I'm expecting that we're going to, you know, things are going to get better from here on out. And, uh, but otherwise he's, he's coming along pretty good. Uh, you know, I was just glad when I did get this blanket on him that it wasn't windy because that would have been a two person job oh instead goodness. of one. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some but it horses was just never get comfortable with the whole blanket thing. Some horses ah, are just scoochy okay. about it. Yeah. See, I've been so spoiled for years. I've had horses. I can just go out even in a windstorm mm-hmm. and throw a blanket on them while they're loose and yeah. they stand perfectly still and everything's good. Um, but uh, with Apollo, I actually had to put a halter on him and uh, oh, first world up. problem right there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, Nigel, I can go out and take a blanket and just give it the old heave ho. It's like casting a fishing net. He doesn't care. Exactly. But uh-huh. Scooter, yeah. Scooter doesn't matter how many times you take it on and off. It's just, he's just scoochy. He, yeah, he okay. sees that. Yeah, I have to fold it. So you take it and you fold the withers back to the. You take the uh, the tail uh-huh. flap and you fold that to the center of the blanket. And then you take exactly. the withers and you fold that to the uh-huh. center. Right. To put it over them, and that's pretty much that's, how you have to do it with with scooter. That's exactly what I did. It was yeah. sort of like I'm, like I was putting a saddle on him, yeah. and then I unfolded the back and unfolded the front and got them all hooked. You know, everything attached, yeah. and. uh he's actually kind of content now that, in fact, this morning when I went out to feed and it was 14 degrees, uh, one side of his blanket was wet because he had been lying down. Oh, well, there you go. That's good. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I like to put blankets on him when it gets down. And last night, I think we got down to, or night before last, down to like four degrees. I'm glad I don't live there. (laughs) But it's, you know, what you, you may have, interesting weather patterns but we the, do because a couple days before it was t-shirt weather there you go so, but but yeah. the view the views and the open space are pretty much unbeatable so there's a trade-off there exactly there well exactly. speaking of blankets your endurance tip this month uh rump rugs first let's explain what a rump rug is because different parts of the country different disciplines you call them different things right right and as far as endurance is concerned, a rump rug is something you attach to the back of your saddle that folds down and covers your horse's hindquarters in order to keep them warmer or dry. Or uh, both. They come, 
or both. And they come in a lot of different materials. Some are just plain polar fleece. Some might be fleece lined and have a waterproof top uh, or, you know, various different fabrics and materials. Some are bigger than others, you know, that cover, a, a, you know, go down farther. Some well, have weight. They make rump rugs for out of fly sheet material, don't they? They do. Yeah, for summer yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And some have weights on them. Now, the thing with the weights, if it's really windy and it blows one of those suckers up, man, and it smacks you in the back, it will hurt. <laughs> Speaking yeah, now, from experience. Now, typically, do the rump rugs you guys use have a tail cord on them? They often have a yeah. tail cord. I like the tail I've, cord. Yeah. I've seen a couple with leg straps. I've never used one with leg straps because I was always worried if you're going to be riding 50 miles or for several hours that you could get a really gnarly rub. Chafing even if it's comes to tight. mind. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the main thing is when it comes to using a rump rug, and yes, they are something that I would consider an essential, essential piece of tack or an item that you want to have or acquire at some point if you're going to be doing endurance rides and possibly riding in different types of weather. And a lot of times you don't even know, you can start out a day bright and sunny and it looks fantastic. And by afternoon, you're in a thunder and lightning storm and getting soaked. So a lot of times, uh, depending on where you're riding, the time of year, it's always a good idea to put a rump rug on. And so they're a good, they're a good thing to get, put it on your list. You know, Christmas is coming. If you don't have a rump rug, I, I have several different rump rugs and I've used them quite a lot over the years. Um, most important is you want to get your horse used to having one on, um, uh, you know, ahead of time, you know, the whole idea of unrolling it or, you know, putting it on and then rolling it up while you're riding so that the horse gets used to that mm -hmm. so that it's not like, oh, <laughs> let's buck this off. <laughs> well, yeah, it's never a good idea to try out any new equipment Something new. at the competition. It's, at a ride. That's universal. It, it, Exactly. Yeah. So uh, get your horse used to it ahead of time. Uh, you know, some horses are going to be more, um, you know, where they just like with blankets, some horses like having blankets while others prefer not to. So some horses are going to be more sensitive skinned like Apollo. Uh, he tends to get cold and shake and way more than chief does so uh you know you just got to learn each horse and what they prefer mm -hmm. so some some horses are going to prefer rump rugs to be on them longer than others a lot of the rides you start out at six or seven a.m and you know even if it does warm up it still might be freezing or below freezing so you put the rump rug on at, while you're warming up or for the first you know, half hour of the ride and then you roll it up and secure it to the back of your saddle. You know, you don't want to leave it on once it gets up to 70 degrees no. and your horse is sweating. So, sweat. yeah. right. Uh, you know, and here's a bonus tip. Um, use, if you have two rump rugs, you can put them both on the back of your saddle, use one on your horse. And this is, 
assuming it's going to be a wet type of ride where it's raining or sleeting or even possibly snowing. And when you go into the vet check, you unroll one of the rump rugs onto the back of your horse's butt. And the other one, you flip over all of your uh, tack, your saddle and your tack, and it keeps all of that dry while you're in the vet hole. And you, your last little note here, especially you have a sheepskin cover on your saddle because a few weeks back I went out for <laughs> a ride with April uh-huh. we went for a lovely trail ride around somewhere and little quick rain storm popped up, which happens all the time here in Florida. They just pop up and they're 15 minutes, it rains like gangbusters and then it's gone. Uh-huh. Well, one popped up while we were out riding unexpectedly. And I have a sheepskin cover on my saddle. And there's nothing more joyful. Oh, squish, 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 squish. <laughs> completely saturated <laughs> sheepskin saddle seat. It was lovely. Uh, oh, yeah. I've done that. <laughs> but you can, you can also get rump rugs, and they're called quarter sheets in some circles, or exercise rugs in some circles. Uh-huh. So all three of those mean the same item. And they make them so that instead of attaching to the saddle... Or in some cases, they go under the saddle. They go saddle pad, rump rug, or exercise rug, and then saddle on top of that. They're designed to go that way. There are different ways to attach them depending on who makes them. But you can also get them that they go on top of the rider so that they cover up your thigh. Sure. And they have Uh a little Velcro in the front. And they can be really handy if you've got rainy weather and you want to stay dry and keep your tack dry. So a third Mm -hmm. option. So check out all the different kinds of options that they make and see what's going to work best for your situation. And speaking of lots of options, why don't we give Kristen at the Distance Depot a holler and find out what's going on over there at the Distance Depot where everybody wants to get all of their equipment for endurance riding. The Distance Depot, this is Kristen. Good morning, Kristen. How are you? It's Karen and Jennifer. Hi, Karen and Jennifer. How are you this morning? Really good cold here how about where you're at yeah you had some snow (laughs) (laughs) we Um, sure did i guess we had um rain just a little while ago it was pouring on our metal roof here in the building so loud i could barely hear wow uh, we need some rain so that we do yes we need the precipitation Mm -hmm. and when we get this precipitation we need all sorts of (laughs) gear when we go ride our horses out in it. And I know the Distance Depot carries all sorts of wonderful stuff. So tell us about your gear that we would take along with us when we go riding and the weather might turn bad. Okay. Well, we have, of course, tons of riding gear um, that you can bundle up in. We have lots of winter tights and a new um, warm parka by Carrots that's insulated. It has a minus 15 degree temp rating. Um, It has reflective properties, a removable hood, lots of pockets, and just a great way to stay warm and dry um, while riding. And also a new waterproof pant, which is very exciting. By Carrots, it's called Cascade Waterproof Pant, and it's great for chores around the barn. You can also ride in them. Um, They have great properties for breathability um, and keeping you dry in the saddle at the same time. And, of course, lots of gloves and hats and and good things like that. But we have some um, ways to keep your horse um, covered up, too, and those muscles warm while training um, and while you're under saddle. Okay, we were just talking about rump rugs. 
rump rugs, yeah. So we have, well, for those who aren't in the foul weather at this point, we have a new fly sheet um, that is a rump rug, and people have been asking for that forever because those big flies get on the rump. Um, and my husband's horse, he used to, <laughs> when one would land back there, he'd start bucking. He was like, you need to get that yeah. off quick, hurry. So we do have a new fly sheet by Tough One, so that's um, fun, and that's just a rump rump sheet, if you will. Um, we also have Trail Rights Polar Fleece Rump Rug that we've carried for years and years. Um, it's big and roomy. It has a Velcro tail closure to keep it in place, so it goes underneath the tail and holds mm-hmm. it in place. Um, and the Polar Fleece properties, of course, wick the moisture and uh, are breathable, but still keep those muscles warm back there. Okay, and those come in several colors, don't they? They're, yeah, we have yes. nine colors. Wow. Um, and a few designs. Okay. So we have like USA flags, I think we have left, and we also have flames. So if you're, <laughs> okay. if you're on the daring okay. side of things, <laughs> you can go with one of those designs. But of course, all the normal colors, royal blue, black, and red, green. So lots okay. of choices there. And you can monogram those? Um, we could monogram those. Yeah, the solid colors, absolutely. We could embroider okay. them. We have a casual rump rug as well, and that has really nifty properties. It has a um, shell on the side that faces up that is water-resistant, a black shell, and it has polar fleece against the horse. So, again, great wicking properties. Mm -hmm. And it has a drawstring closure, so you can actually, while you're in the saddle, um, reach back and pull on the drawstring and draw it up. So if you're out there and it starts to warm up, you don't have to dismount, get it unhooked right, from underneath the right. tail and so on. So that's it's pretty handy. Um, you know, if your horse is good enough, it lets you turn around and do that. Um, exactly, yeah. It has, yeah, little weights in the corners, so that's what keeps it in place. And that one, of course, can be embroidered as well. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And if somebody wants to order any of these things, how much time? Yeah, I know we've had some shipping slowdowns mm-hmm. and stuff going on. Yeah, so how but- much time do people need to plan ahead? Well, I'm telling you, this year, and I'm sure most people have noticed that if you watch TV at all or listen to the radio, I mean, the carriers, they're saying that they've been at peak since April due to this COVID. So many people shopping at home and um, Mm -hmm. all of that has really put them behind. They're doing their best, but I think UPS said something like they're hiring 70,000 people. So we're telling people, please don't delay because the closer we get to Christmas, the harder it is going to be for the carriers to get your orders to you so the sooner you can order the honestly the sooner the better so we're going to do some early sales this year (laughs) Um, trying to beat yeah trying to beat that course we'll have the regular you know you have to join in on the black friday stuff but really if you can order early um that's that's what they're saying that way you'll be sure to get your packages okay and what is your website and phone number we are at the Distance Depot, and so you would find us at www.thedistancedepot.com, and our phone number is 866-863-2349. Okay, terrific. Well, thanks for joining us, Kristen, and have a great day. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye, Jen. Cool. Well, speaking of, speaking of shopping for the holidays, one of the <laughs> things that uh, it makes a great holiday gift are hoof boots because it's not just endurance people who can make good use of hoof boots. It's everybody best, smartest spare tire investment anyone is ever going to make. So you have a favorite, don't you? 
Exactly. I use Renegade Hoof Boots, which are made in Arizona in the United States. They come in several different colors. They have a couple of different models to, uh, uh, that you can get based on your hoof shape. If your horse's hooves are more round or more of a spade shape or oval and uh, they have been proven to work for many, many, many thousands of miles long-term on all types of distance rides and long distance, uh, you know, travels. Uh, just uh, check them out at renegadehoofboots.com. There we go. Renegadehoofboots.com. And without further ado, let's give uh, our next two guests a holler. And our next guests are going to be Scout and her mother, Michelle, who are uh, traveling and riding their horses, which they're going to tell us all about. So welcome uh, to the show this morning, and thank you for joining us. Uh, let's start with Michelle. Tell us a little bit about um, how this came about that you're traveling with your horses like you are. We've been, we sold all our possessions and our farm on Cape Cod, Massachusetts in August of 2019 uh, because we needed a life change. And um, I guess we did that a lot for mental health reasons. I retired early as a firefighter and we loaded our three horses and two dogs into our rig. We had practice the year before and learned what we were going to need for full-time travel. And we left Cape Cod and we haven't been back. And we've been traveling all around the country, riding and seeing America by horseback ever since. Wow. Scout, how long have you been riding? Uh, I got my first pony when I was three weeks old. And the first day we got her, I had my first ride. <laughs> and you're 11 now? Uh, yes, I am. Wow. Okay, tell us about your horses. Uh, well, we have um, a little POA Appaloosa named Hedda Woody. She is approximately 29 years old. We got her from a kill pen. Uh, almost five years ago, she was a thrown away, abused broodmare. Uh, then we have a, um, a 16 year old, uh, Arabian quarter horse and his, uh, Arabian paint horse, sorry. And his name is Joker. And we have almost had him for two years. Uh, he was a Western dressage horse. Uh, then we have my mare, who is a Percheron quarter horse, and her name is Takota. She was a nurse mare foal. And my mom got her when she was two days old, and she is almost 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So where, so far out of all the places you have ridden, what is your favorite? Oh, <laughs> Well, that, we get that question a lot, and uh -huh. that one's kind of a hard one to answer. I think it's partly, one, like the sights, but it's also the experiences. We've met a lot of amazing people uh, in different places. Mom, do you want to say some of your favorites? 
Yeah, that is the most popular question we always get uh-huh. asked. And there's really not, there's a lot of, every place in the country is beautiful in different ways. But we've had some experiences on different trails that are really memorable. <clears throat> like when we were in Tombstone, Arizona, we rode into town. So we like rode into the old Western town. And that was really unique and fun. Um, we've had several rides in different places where we've rode the horses to someplace we could get pizza or ice cream <laughs> uh-huh. and we could tie them up. And so that made it really fun. And one in uh, Scout's bucket list was to go through a drive through. So we actually did that a couple months ago We were at, while we were at the Grand Canyon. So I think going to the Grand Canyon, the two most memorable things for her were that we took the horses through a drive through and that the Grand Canyon Village is covered in wild elk that are not afraid of people. And so those actually made that adventure the most memorable. And we were in Wyoming, very remote. And some of the trails were actually kind of scary. They were super cliffy and narrow, but it was one of our best experiences because we had to cross this deep river several times and the horses did really well. And one time when we were about to cross it, we encountered two men and their two pack llamas just out there who would uh-huh. expect that. So a lot of our favorite things isn't necessarily where we are, but what happens while we were there sure. because everything is uh-huh. beautiful in its own way. Do you have some other things you can think of, Scout? Um, well, when we were in South Dakota, I love river crossings, and there was this one ride that we did, and it had it was an out and back, and it had 24 river crossings. Um, and that ride, I probably have to say, it's in the top three, three, maybe even my favorite one. I loved like all the sights on that, but we also met one of our really good friends while we were on that trail ride, and we have become really close with her. Uh, I definitely agree with the Grand Canyon with all of the elk. That was also very fun. Huh, what are some other? Well, how, <laughs> yeah, how far? We were did... in uh, Idaho. How... We did about two cattle drives, and that was a really fun experience to uh-huh. be able to like do that. Yeah, that sounds like you've gotten a lot of really cool adventures. How far do you guys usually ride in a day? Uh, well, we have ranged from two miles to 24 miles. Uh, okay. But our usual ride that we do most often is maybe about eight miles. It's probably okay. more like 12 to 15, I think. But yeah, but yeah somewhere in that range. Okay, so t- tell us more about how, like, how how do you determine where you're going to go next? Mom, you should pray. Well, we we don't actually, and that's kind of the beauty of our lifestyle is we rarely make a plan, and there have been times where we wake up in the morning. And we don't even know where we're going or we had one plan and it changes because everything we might want to do is dictated by weather and circumstances and sometimes opportunities. 
So we like to be free to explore anywhere we are until we're done. And then when it's time to move, we may have planned to go away, but the weather is really bad. So then we really just search the weather and see what area is going to have the best weather. And then we'll go there instead. And before we embarked on this journey, I started monitoring many Facebook pages about trail riding and boondocking. And anytime I saw something that looked like would be a good fit for us or something we'd want to see or do or a place we'd want to stay, I pinned it on my Google map. So by the time we left, we had hundreds of potential places to go. So if the weather's good in one place, I can open up that area and see lots of choices. Um, And then now that Scouts uh, has a Facebook page and she posts about all of her uh, rides, all of our rides, and she has a following of over 6,000 people now. So we get a lot of invitations to stay with people. So we'd like a lot of times we take advantage of those opportunities too, so we can meet new friends and and new riders and they then can take us out riding with them to their favorite local spots. And um, so we don't right now, we, for the first time in 18 months are sitting in place over the winter. Uh, so we're in the mountains of the smoky mountains of North Carolina for the winter. Um, and that really wasn't a plan. I hadn't planned winter and then an opportunity popped up while we were in Idaho and we drove 2000 miles to get here and we're going to stay here for, um, until I don't know. See, we don't even have a deadline, but okay. hopefully we'll okay. stay here through the winter and spring. And uh, we're going to finish some books that we've been writing. Oh, terrific. And your website, the Facebook page is Scouts Trail. So if anybody's looking for it, yep. they can just type in Scouts Trail and find it. Yes. Yeah. And she has Instagram also by the same name. Instagram. Okay. Terrific. So, Tell us how you're homeschooling. How, how's that working out? Um, well, we don't really call it homeschooling. We, we call it more unschooling. I learn experientially. Like, if you looked at my last post, I posted about how we got this uh, farm wagon and I had to build it all by myself. Uh, I think that lesson was probably comprehending because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to read the directions. I had to look at um, the picture manual to see what order the the tools and the screws and all that would go in. <laughs> um, but I don't really have a curriculum per se. It's, like I said, it's just all experiential. Okay, I bet you're really good at geography. (laughs) Yeah, we, this has been her type of learning since she was born. And when we lived on Cape Cod, we had, there's a lot of opportunity for science and museums. It's close to Boston um, and nature. And so we've always traveled and we traveled internationally for two years before we did this trip. So she's exposed to a lot of culture and different religions and different lifestyles. And, you know, when we travel, we don't go to the common tourist places. We want to be with the local people and experience, um, you know, what real life is there. So 
traveling around the country is the same thing. You know, living on the East Coast, her life was filled with Civil War and Revolutionary War and Underground Railroad and all of that kind of stuff. And then this past year, as we've gone out West, we've been able to explore more about the Oregon Trail and, you know, the different things in nature that we see and the different historical things that we encounter. So she, we learn opportunistically um, mm-hmm. as we find things and every day we're talk whatever comes up, we talk about it. And that's how she learns. Um, how, how many so. states have you been to now? Oh, I don't think I can even count. <laughs> um, I don't think we've ever added them up, really. Quite a few, no. though. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Probably and, have more selfishness. Uh-huh. So, what kind of wildlife do you guys like to see? I know you mentioned Pretty elk. Pretty much any. Uh-huh. Have you run across any bears? Tell them what we have seen. Yeah, tell, tell uh, us what you've seen. We have, we've seen deer, elk. Uh, we've seen two bears, uh, a mother and its cub. We've seen, uh, snakes. <laughs> a few of those, I bet. Oh, not a few, probably at this point, maybe at least a hundred. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we've seen all the typical just little forest creatures like squirrels sure. and rabbits. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, sounds like you guys are having a great adventure that I'm sure many people are envious that they would love to be able to do what you're doing. So kudos to you guys. Oh, yeah. And I will um, be following your page, which as we mentioned before, for, for, the listeners that would like to find it, just look up Scout's Trail on Facebook or on Instagram, and you can follow Scout and Michelle and their adventures. So uh, thank you, too, for joining us this morning, and uh, hope you have a great day and get in some nice riding. Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was a lot of fun learning about. They, they're they living the lifestyle, like you said, that, that many of us dream about. But I'm sure there's the tough days, too, when, you know, it rains for four days straight and you can't leave your tiny camper. Right. It gets <laughs> really, you can get really claustrophobic in there. <laughs> well, you know, it, yeah, like in my trailer, it's mainly run on solar. So after a couple of days of raining, you start to run out of power. Oh, no. <laughs> Unless you have a generator. Yeah, I should have asked them if they have a generator and how that all works out. Yeah. But you know what? I think they've got that pioneering spirit. So they're probably able to deal with anything that, you know, comes at them. Yeah. I think, I it, mean, I, just, yeah, I think it's your, your cool point of view. Yeah. To be 11 years old though, and get to travel around the country and riding horses. I mean, a lot of the juniors in endurance have done that. And these are all really lucky, fortunate kids and they get, a really good education because they are learning responsibility. They are learning how to, you know, take care of animals. Uh, just there's a lot that they learn that you're just not going to learn in a regular school. Of course, we're not really having regular school right now. So right, exactly. Yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, it's a, it's a really cool it's, way. Now it it's not going to suit everybody if you don't have the pioneering spirit, 
Don't go right. there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Not everybody can live out of a, a camper or a trailer for weeks at a time. It's not for everybody. It, you know, it's, a, it, it, cool. it's a lot of work. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, a lot of work. A lot of work. Speaking of a lot of work. They're doing a lot mm-hmm. of work over at the AERC. They're still keeping busy over there. So give, give me the they quick are. update before we get our they're next guest. To, they're trying to get rides on uh, with the COVID restrictions and everything. And uh, some areas have been uh, more successful than others in getting rides put on. The rides that they have had have been well attended. Everybody's dying to ride. Right now we have an AERC director at large election. The ballots have been mailed. Uh, so if you are a member and you've received your ballot, make sure you vote. There's actually, it looks like there's 16 candidates wow. for eight positions. Wow. So, uh, which is great. Uh, it's better than having it be the other way around. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have uh, the new ride season starting December 1st. So now is a good time to renew. If you renew um, by December 1st, you will be eligible for a $500 um drawing for some custom tack wow uh, let's what else is going on we have also uh the there is the Aniella scholarship uh which gets given out every year to high school seniors through 21 years of age uh to aerc junior writer members young writers that have 500 miles or more and the applications are available um, on the AERC.org website and are due by February 1st. So now is the time to start working on those. Wow, pretty cool. Now, AERC.org is where you find all of this information plus a whole bunch more, right? Exactly. And all you can go there to find the calendar to look up any rides that are near you. And let's um, keep our fingers crossed that 2021 will have more rides that get to go that get to happen somebody who goes you know i want to try this endurance thing i'm going to give it a go where on the aerc site should they go first where's the one place like you must go to this part of the site and you must read it where's you know if you're brand new i would say go to uh the education page and they have handbooks on stuff on new for new writers getting started on all the procedures and the rules and there's also a youtube channel that the education committee put together that shows all sorts of stuff. You can go there, excuse me, and look at videos on camping, the procedures, vetting, you know, how to trot your horse out, all that kind of stuff. You can also go to um, Horses in the Morning and search the Endurance Day show. And you can see over the years, we have covered all these topics, talking about, um, you know, getting your horse, you know, ready, um, what's involved, you know, how to trot your horse out, how to, you know, check your, the pulse and all the parameters and stuff for, uh, you know, getting through the vet check and getting your horse used to being handled and dealing with all those things, camping overnight and, and just, there's a ton of information out there. And also I might remind everybody that, AERC is the governing body for the endurance riding discipline, and it's mm-hmm. associated with the USEF, et cetera. So that's the official, you know, big AERC. Not anymore. Oh, that's they right. They dropped that. But it's, it's sort of the, AER is the big one. But it's there's the, there are a lot of yeah. related endurance types of disciplines that are smaller and perhaps more regional that you might want to check out because there's AERC, which is endurance 
riding or endurance racing, some people American call it. Endurance Ride Conference. There's the NATRC, which is very, very similar, but it also has an additional horsemanship score that goes with the other parts. So there's NATRC. Right. Then there's the Ride and Tie, which ride is a, an activity where you have one horse and two people, and they alternate between running on the ground and riding the horse. Um, there is right. mounted orienteering, which is very similar. It's not the fastest, but it is timed and you have to learn how to navigate by a, um, a compass, a compass. <laughs> there's that one. And then there is, there's, was it? There's is trail it? trials, trail trials. And then there, so there's a whole myriad of endurance types of competitions out there that do not involve riding in an arena in any way <laughs> but they're great because most of these disciplines uh, have a very very low barrier to begin in other words they don't have they don't have strict rules on tack they don't have strict rules on um, attire so you don't have to have a huge investment in that sort of thing they're relatively small communities so it's easy to find people just everyday folks who will kind of take you under their wing, let you catch ride if you don't have a horse that's appropriate yet, that will help you get you and your horse to the competitions. The small, These smaller organizations, because they're smaller, tend to be very, very welcoming because <laughs> they want everybody for, to participate. And there are tons right. and tons of um, entry-level uh, volunteering opportunities. So check it out, hop on the Facebook pages, ask around, everybody's really friendly and give it a go. And uh, maybe there's something out there that you can do. And it's very much in all of these, that whole finish to win thing really is a mantra. Uh, if you don't, if you want to go there and just do it because you enjoy it and have fun with it and want to learn more about you and your horse, nobody looks down at you because you're not out there to win first place. Right. And you get to go and see trails and places that you might not normally get to go see. That's true. The The, the scenery is pretty is, stunning. Right. Yeah, right. it is. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. I wanted to go over that because, the like I said, uh -huh. the folks at the AERC and the other organizing bodies of these disciplines are still right. working hard behind the scenes to get things rolling. And the Ride and Tie group is working with AERC right now to do to kind of co-join the two together at the same event yes. in order to promote both types of events and yeah, get more participation. Like when, you go to, when you go to summer shows, you go to a horse show that has hunters and jumpers at the same show. Same thing's uh -huh. happening in endurance. When you go to an endurance competition, a lot of times there will be traditional endurance. There will be a ride and tie. There will be a um, competitive trail or an NAT, a lot of times they combine them together so that you get to experience them all at one time. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Is this Magali? Yes, it is Magali. <laughs> Magali. Hi, it's Karen and Jennifer from the Horse Radio Network. And we're joining Magali this morning. And we're going to talk to her about riding in endurance with her Frisian horse named Harlem, also known as Harley. So thank you for joining us this morning. How are you doing, Magli? Uh, you're so welcome, and I'm doing great. <laughs> okay, tell us about uh, Harley. How did you come to get him and start him in endurance? Well, I got Harley when he was seven months old, 
and uh, we grew up together. And then one day I decide, why cannot we go to endurance? Why a Frisian cannot do endurance? Because uh-huh. that's, the, that's the belief. And then I said, okay, Harley, let's try it. And he did complain a little bit at the beginning, but <laughs> once he got on, on the mood, he really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> now, is he a, a Black Bay? Uh, well, it, you know, the Frisian horse, they are normally black, but they have uh, a pigment, a red pigment. And so they bleach if you don't cover them during the, okay. the winter. You ride in the sun all the time. They become kind of reddish. <laughs> okay. And yeah, I've seen some pictures where he looks really black and others where he looks like he's a really dark bay. Yes. When he gets very black, it's because it's on the beginning of the season when they start um, um, changing their hair. And but then along the season, you know, we go on the sun and he gets totally bleached. <laughs> Okay. Now, have you ridden other horses in endurance besides Harley? Yes. I, yes. Besides Harley, I did. I had a, another horse that was a, a mutt, you know, all kinds of breeds on it. And she did all right, but Harley really is my, my main endurance horse. Okay. So how is he different, say, from your typical, you know, endurance type Arabian horse? How, how is a Frisian different? They are different because they are well, very bulky. Principally, the Baroque style is, is built like a tank. And actually, the first time I brought him to an endurance, the vet looked at him and said, ah, yeah, right, that's not going to work. <laughs> because she said, it's like bringing a Porsche to a derby, destruction derby. And, uh, but then when we finished the ride, you know, I present him back to the to her again, and then she 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 shake him, and and then she said, "Well," and say, "Well, what?" Then she said, "Well, his horse is thirty six, and I said, that's good, isn't it?" And she said, "It's fantastic." You know, and <laughs> from that <laughs> from that point on, Harley really start to be known to to make it and uh-huh. make it well. Right, I see he's completed 59 rides and 1,625 yes. miles. Exactly. Wow. And wow. then I, we stopped because of uh, all the commotion lately, but we're going back. 2021, oh, we're going to start again. <laughs> oh, good. Good. So what? tell us a little bit about Harley's personality. Ah, uh, he's a pest. He's way smarter than I am. <laughs> I'm constantly figuring out ways to outsmart him. Uh, he lies, <laughs> <laughs> and he's very good in sending you messages. You know, uh-huh. if you want something, you're gonna know it. So they're very smart. That breed is super smart. Okay, how and, old uh, is how old is he now? He's, he's 18 years old. Okay, getting older, uh-huh. <laughs> like me. Yeah, well, he's still got lots of time left. That's not that old. Uh, oh, so- yes. I, actually, he's getting better and better because I'm riding him okay, two, two uh-huh. times a week now lately. And, and he's in best, the best shape ever. Okay. So what kind of so, challenges yeah. do you have with him because he's so big? Heels. 
my head heals. And okay. also, they, they said that they cannot deal with heat. And that's a lot, you know, that's a, that's a myth because they can deal with heat. Okay. Heat. Because when I do the endurance in Nevada, it's higher than the altitude is higher and it's hot. And he loves Nevada. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Yes, I've so, seen you at some of the rides, and he just looks magnificent going down the trail. He's gorgeous. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you. And I know he has those big feathers on him down on his pastures. Do you ever have any problems with scratches or anything like that? I never had any problem with Harley. The only problem I had once is because I gave him uh, electrolytes before the ride. Uh-huh. He did finish the ride. He finished well, you know, but he was not himself. So I came back home. I put him in the pasture and I said, I, I hope he doesn't colic. Uh-huh. And he didn't, but he was not happy. So after, um, you know, eventually after I, re- I read about the Frisians, um, that was um, a Dutch article and they said, don't give electrolytes to Frisians if they are not depleted. Okay. You know? And I well, that, that makes sense. And so now, any ride I do, I never give him electrolytes. Okay, so and he's low he's maintenance. Not, he's oh, very low maintenance. And he can, he can get fat on nothing, you know, just on air. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> but now, he, he wants uh, to eat all the time. Okay. Sorry. I was just going to ask about mounting and stuff, you know, because uh, he is so tall, you know, especially compared to most endurance horses. How do you manage that? Yeah. Well, I have to tell that after, uh, at the end of an endurance, because he's so wide and he pulls my hips apart, when I finish the endurance, I have the impression I can give birth. <laughs> 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 because my hip hurts so much, you know. So uh-huh. I, when I ride him, I have to constantly be on the stirrups. I have to be posting the whole time. If not, I cannot make it because okay. he's rough. He's, Does he doesn't he have, have a, a sweet gait. <laughs> okay. Does he have a big stride? Do, do, do what? Does he have a big stride? Yes. Like, uh, okay. Huge trot. When okay. he drops, the others have to gallop to keep up with him. Okay. So that, wow. and that's what, yeah. That, yeah, and that's what we maintain during the whole ride. You know, we go the turbo trot, and and he he loves that. I I not so much, but okay, we go ahead. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. What? So, what are your favorite rides? My favorite. Oh, I have so many favorite rides. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's a memorable one. I, I okay. love Lake Almanor, uh, and, and it doesn't exist anymore. And then right. at the beginning, we had uh, Oroville. That doesn't exist anymore. Sure, you sound but, like me. A lot of my favorite rides aren't don't happen anymore. Are gone. Oh, they're yeah. gone. But I love them all, you know. Uh-huh. I love them all. <laughs> sure, sure. So what so, are your yeah, future uh, Harley, Sorry. What are your future plans for Harley? My plans is to continue. So, 2020. And I know I have a young girl that came in my life because of Harley. Uh-huh. And she writes him lately a lot for me because 
I'm getting older and my hips are like, eh, that hurts. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, so she, she will do the next thing, next year, she will ride him. Okay. And I will ride my other horse that's narrower. <laughs> okay. Now, how? let's just kind of describe a little bit about, for those that are listening, that don't really know that much about Frisians. Is he spooky? Does he take care of himself on a ride? Oh, like I said, he's a very smart breed, and he does take care of himself. Okay. So if he's... You know, if we do a heel, everybody pass us. Everybody. And uh-huh. then we go slow-mo, and time to time, he, he stops for like two, three seconds. One, two, three, and then he goes again. Okay. Once we get to the top of the hill, he's downhill. Then he's like a, a, like a machine, you know. He goes downhill so fast. Okay. And normally, when we get to the vet check, his pulse is already below 60, so I pass everybody at that point. And, uh, and then, then when we start again, and principally if it's downhill, then we go, Terrific. we fly. Okay. So he sees uh, between the hills and the downhills, we can kind of average a very good speed. Okay. Is he a good drinker? He drinks, he poops, he pees, <laughs> he does he everything. Eats. <laughs> he no, eats. He eats. Oh, yeah, he has an appetite, like. And then Spooky does spooks, but he never does uh, crazy things. You know, you would go shy sideways a little bit and look at it. Uh, okay, fine. And then he keeps going. He never did anything stupid. Okay. He thinks. You know, uh-huh. when, when there is some uh, things that look like dangerous, he stops, he looks at it, and, and then I said, it's okay, Harley. And then, oh, okay, it's okay, let's go. Oh, good. So it's very, very easy to go with him on trails. And it's very trusty. (laughs) Does he like to go alone or with another horse? He likes both. He likes alone, but with another horse, he's more more interesting. (laughs) He sounds like a fantastic trail partner. That's great. Oh, he's he's great. That horse is is my my favorite of all the horses I had all my life. Oh, so if you have this young gal riding him, who are you going to ride? I'm going to ride Rio, and Rio is a uh, paint, black okay. and white, and he's a, he's a speedster. And that's, you know, the combination of Rio and Harley is great because they compete with each other. Uh-huh. And, and they buddy buddies, and, but I can separate them. That's okay. Not, not a problem. So, yeah, no, I, I'm happy with those guys. Good. He sounds like a terrific horse. I, I'm glad I g- got the chance to talk to you and learn more about him. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah. Great. Really good. I, 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 you know what? I recommend people get a Frisian. You, you're going to have to work more because an Arabian, they are, it is on their genes, you know, the, the flying machines and uh-huh. their stamina. Uh, Frisian, you're going to have to Constantly work, and you cannot slack off because you slack off, it becomes lazy. Okay. So you okay. have to, yes, you have to be to have that discipline of doing it over and over every week. Don't, you know. Okay, so you regularly condition him. Regularly. Okay. I, so it's uh, sometimes I give him two two weeks of vacation. Oh, we we go to a ride, then I don't ride him during the week. 
so he can he can rest and and then he's fine. Oh, good. Okay. Well, let's hope for 2021 is a good year, and I hope we can see you out on the trails. You will see me. <laughs> I hope so. Thank okay. you. That's been fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining well, us, Magali. And good luck. You are very welcome. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. It's fun to hear about the different, because like you said, the, the uh, Arabians are pretty much ubiquitous when it comes to endurance. But they're, every, right. every horse that has four legs and two good lungs can do endurance. Well, at least at some level. Exactly. You know, uh, you know, like she mentioned, you you know, if you're going to want to run up front and be super competitive, then you're going to want to get a horse more suited to that. But a lot of us just want to go and complete rides and live to tell about it. Well, yeah, and that's the neat part <laughs> you know? about endurance is at the at the lowest levels, which is what Nigel and I struggle along to try and do with the the fifteen uh-huh. or twenty or mile or so. Literally, any any horse, four good legs, two good lungs, and a human with the same. Right, you can walk through it. You can get through you it know, and spend a lot of time walking and, and a lot of time walking. Just enjoy, just enjoy the getting ride. to see the trail and yeah, and camping and, with your friends right. and when going you get to twenty five or fifty miles. I'm sorry, but to survive 50 miles at any speed, I would win. I would call that a total win. Give me a medal. <laughs> because until you've tried it, you don't realize how hard it is because it's like, well, no big deal. Well, you're not just walking because people go all to trail ride. But in order to finish within the allowable time, you do have right. to do a fair bit of trotting and at, at, a, at a 50. Right. And, you know, and just like what I'm doing now with the new horse, he's learning. I'm learning him. I'm basically having to start over. I've been so spoiled with horses that have always, you know, that I've had for so long. And now I'm relearning everything. And stuff it, that you it, did, stuff that you haven't had to, to uh, do for do a, for long, a long, time. long time. Exactly. It just there's a million and one things involved in getting an endurance horse as far as getting them on the trail during an actual event yes it's takes a lot of work a lot of time a lot of commitment but the reward i mean the ride is the reward right because of all that's involved in just getting to that point and that's why it's you know we're also looking forward to a new ride season coming up and Hopefully having more rides to go to and new places to go and hopefully we'll get some new rides that, that, you know, we can get to this coming year and everybody's really looking forward to that. (laughs) Especially this year because we love 2020. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Exactly. So uh, in the meantime, it gives us all a chance to go and do, you know, basically what I'm doing with the new horse. We're practicing all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, backing out of the trailer um, safely, just uh, standing still while mounting, opening and closing gates, you know, the kind that you can open and close. Right. Um, <laughs> so there's a million and one things that that there is to do. And, and now, even if we can't go to rides, we can work on all of those little things along with, you know, just getting ourselves and the horses in better condition. There we go. Well, that another, another endurance episode on the books. Uh, if you want to find links to today's guests and topics, you're going to go to horsesinthemorning.com. 
You'll find all 2,500 plus episodes there. You can follow us on Facebook. If you haven't done that already, go over to Facebook and search for Horses in the Morning and hit the like and follow button. We are also on Twitter. Our handle there is Horse Radio. And where can folks find you, Karen? Because it's fun to follow uh, you too. I know I'm on, I do have Instagram and uh, Facebook right now, uh, NV Endurance Rider. NV as in Nevada, Endurance Rider. Nevada. There. (laughs) See, I got it wrong. Nevada. There you go. And thank you very much to our sponsors today, Renegade Hoof Boots and The Distance Distance Depot. Depot. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with more fun and hijinks. That's where I hit the closing music button. Yeah, usually. (laughs) 